On today's episode, Stranger at the Pentagon, we're going to talk Palladians, we're going to talk Greys, we're going to talk Reptilians, and we're going to talk about Angels, and we're going to do our best to decipher all of this for you. Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. Right on radio. That's right. Live right in the real world. We're going to expose the real world to you and you decide how to live right. Good day to you, Jesse. Good morning, Jeff. What a fantastic day. All right. So we got to stop saying good morning because people are watching this in the evening. (laughs) I already caught that. I was just trying to see if you were awake or not. (laughs) I've been awake for many, many hours as you have. (laughs) That's right. It seems we get robbed of sleep on the same nights. We do. Yes. And that was part of the joke, you know, is (laughs) it feels like morning all over again, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. It does. Um, So we've got a lot of stuff to cover today, Jesse. And I think one of the things that, uh, that we need to say right up front is that some of this guess some of this stuff we're going to do is uh is fact some of it is going to be opinion uh mm-hmm. because we don't know the answers to everything uh Jesse right. yeah, yeah just just for clarification uh we don't know everything about everything <laughs> we don't no we're only human and only god knows everything so you know we encourage people We're just going to present things as, you know, we understand them or from maybe some of our personal experiences or our research or digging. We, We always encourage people, you know, do your own research, do your own digging and take it before the Lord. Pray, ask the Lord to show you and give you revelation and understanding into these things and you know, don't just trust what other people are saying. Ask for those confirmations from the Lord to know whether things are truth or not. That's so right. Even and with what we say, you know, even with what we say, seek the Lord on that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, because, listen, sometimes we get things wrong. And by the way, even if we know the answer, sometimes it comes out wrong. Uh, we don't edit these things. <laughs> right. We. When you're talking and you have to fill a lot of time, sometimes, well, we're not trying to fill it a lot of time. We're trying to cut it down. (laughs) But, you know, uh, things do come out the wrong way. And, you know, it's just it's just a funny thing. But speaking of research, Jesse, we're going to have a big, big announcement uh, at some point in time during this broadcast, probably towards the end. But it's a big show announcement and it's a whole bunch more content coming your way via uh, this show. Just like we've added some things like the Saturday night sermons and things like that. This is going to be an addition and you don't want to miss it because some of the content is very, very hot. Yes, definitely. All right. So let's start out with Stranger at the Pentagon, Jesse. And I've uh, I'm basing this off of some of the research of, uh, of a man who was on 
uh, the show a couple of weeks ago. Unfortunately, that uh, that program got bombed right away and uh, yeah. was taken down. But uh, listen, he's a really great researcher, and uh, and I'm just going to show a video clip. Uh, it's about seven minutes long. It's broken into two sections, but there's some interesting things that are said in this uh, about this stranger at the Pentagon, and. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to discuss and start trying to connect the dots with some biblical truths as well. Sounds good. All right. So let me pull this up here. One second. And by the way, for those of you who are listening on uh, on Podbean, uh, there there will be a picture of, of this person. I'll probably use them on the, the cover art. Um to some degree, you'll be able to see it, but really it's just the words that you want to hear. And there's a couple things that are really said here that are, are going to play into how we interpret this. But uh, this seems to be uh, from from Chris's uh, research to be very well documented with lots of photographic evidence and uh, lots of eyewitness evidence as well. So there is some truth to the way that this is portrayed. So uh, yeah. without further ado, let me uh, play this uh, seven-minute clip for you, and then we'll come back and discuss. Would you believe that an angel lived at the Pentagon? What if there is proof, photographic proof, taken by a former Air Force photographer and a statement from a Navy man who worked for Project Blue Book? Hi, my name is Craig Campobasso, and I've worked behind the scenes in movies and television for over 30 years. I am the filmmaker behind bringing this book to the screen, Stranger at the Pentagon. Harley Byrd, nephew of Admiral Richard E. Byrd, was an employee of the branch of the United States Air Force called Project Blue Book. Started in 1952, it studied UFOs and extraterrestrial life. Mr. Byrd confirms the arrival of the extraterrestrial in the book's foreword. In mid-March 1957, we received an urgent message from the Alexandria Police Department. The message indicated that two of their on-duty police officers had picked up an alien who had landed some 14 miles south of Pentagon Boulevard, and the occupant was transported to the Pentagon to meet with the Under Secretary of Defense, and then was shuttled underground to meet with President Eisenhower and Vice President Richard Nixon. The meeting lasted for nearly an hour, and then the alien visitor was put on VIP status and was shuttled back to the Pentagon, where he spent the night in the Army reception office. The alien's name was Valiant Thor. Harley Bird also said that Valiant Thor was labeled the space emissary by the Department of Defense, and that the landing of Valiant Thor is perhaps the first documented landing of a human-type alien by military officials. Valiant Thor lived at the Pentagon from March 16, 1957 through March 16, 1960. He came with a divine design for mankind and asked President Eisenhower to implement it throughout the United States, then the world. In December 1959, knowing his presence on Earth was shrouded in government secrecy, Valiant Thor contacted Nancy Warren, a high-level clearance secretary at the Pentagon, who in turn contacted Dr. Frank Stranges, who then met with Valiant Thor. Their friendship lasted until Dr. Frank's death in November of 2008. Dr. Frank published Stranger at the Pentagon in 1967. It has been a UFO classic ever since. I met Dr. Frank in 2002 
and was already a fan of his book. I had the sincere privilege of sitting with him for many years while writing the screenplay to Stranger at the Pentagon. I want to personally thank you for watching. Let's all support Valiant Thor and his mission to assist mankind and also honor Dr. Frank's legacy. It's time for the light to be brought back into this world. So I hope to see you all on board Victor One in the movies. Now, here's a short clip of Dr. Frank talking about his first meeting with Valiant Thor on the program, Let's Talk Paranormal, with host Tracy Austin. Welcome to another Let's Talk Paranormal, and boy, do we have a show for you today. Every single one of us has some kind of a story to share. But for my special studio guest today, Dr. Frank Stranges, he has a rather a unique story to tell because during 1950s, he claims to have met a man from Venus. Yes, you heard me correctly, a man from Venus named Val Thor. And guess what? It's all documented in this book, Stranger at the Pentagon. And in it, Dr. Frank tells us exactly who Valthor is, why he's here, and there's even photographs to prove his existence. Dr. Frank, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Tracy. Um, this really is a real-life day the Earth so still, isn't it? Yes, plus. And here, coming toward me with his right hand outstretched, the man whose picture I've been carrying around with me for over a year. Wow. He said, hello, Frank, how are you? And I thought, how in the Sam Hill does he know my name? <laughs> and he knew from that time forward, the moment I touched his fingers, his skin was as soft as a baby. And I did turn his hand over. He had no fingerprints on either hand, as bald as a peeled boiled egg. And I questioned him on that later, which he told me. And uh, he asked me questions, just a few questions, but I asked him more questions. And uh, he told me more about my own life than my parents and grandparents put together, which I verified later on. Mm -hmm. I said, what is your name? He said, Valiant Thor. There's something special about Val that, you know, you've already mentioned about having no fingerprints. Yes. He has no navel. No, he has no navel and he has no fingerprints. This is why I believe he falls in the category of a created being, just like an angelic being. Mm -hmm. And he's unique in his way. Believe you me. Mm -hmm. And the other members of his uh, crew and the members of his staff, they all have navels. Right. But being a created being, of course, right. he wouldn't. But they don't have any fingerprints either. Right. Unique in that manner. Wow. Let's take a look at the next picture and see what we have. Um, this is Commander Valiant Thor. That's exactly what he looked like when the photo was taken by Augur Robust some years before, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what he looks like today. He hasn't changed one iota. Val, just getting back to Val, where is he today? Valiant Thor today is on board Victor One, his spacecraft, not too far from the waterline of Lake Mead, Nevada, not too far from Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. He's there with his entire complement. Right. And I believe that in your book you have a map oh, yes. of where to... Yes. Where Lake Mead is? The and... area, yes. Uh huh. Right. We also have a sketch of the interior of the ship. Right. And is the ship underneath the no, waterbed? Is it? It's on top? right on the shoreline. Now it's uh, surrounded by a force field, and the only way you could possibly find that ship is if you look for a row of dead, uh, a circle of dead insects, but the wind 
would probably drive them away by the time you got there. Right. So is is there a depression there, sort of like uh, like a crop circle depression? Or? You won't see it. You wouldn't no, see it because it's 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 heavy gravel. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, Dr. Frank, I have to thank you for coming on the show today. My pleasure. There have been still so many questions that we haven't been able to ask you today, but hopefully you'll come back. I most certainly will. And we'll ask you more. Interesting, interesting. It is very interesting. And as I say, it uh, it seems to be very well documented. Um I'll, I'll just point out a couple things. Uh, the very first guy, the filmmaker who spoke, the first time he mentioned it, he said an angelic being in the White House. And then they started saying an alien. Right. That was, Yeah, I caught that change too. That was very interesting. And a created being like an angel. Mm -hmm. But then the other ones were had uh, belly buttons. Yeah. All right. So, Jesse, uh, we're going to get into the different types again. We're going to get into the archangels, the cherubim, the seraphim, the living creatures, the common angels, the Palladians, the reptilians, and the greys. <laughs> I want to cover all of these today, but just something I wanted to ask you about. Um, does Venus mean anything to you? Yes. And, you know, you got to look at the area as well that some of this stuff is uh, navigating around. When in the system, you have different programs. And we've talked about, you know, how the symbols for the different military departments or governmental departments tell us what angels or uh, fallen angels have control over those programs or domain over them. So, you know, it's interesting. I'm just going to bring out that the area where this individual uh, being uh, tends to navigate towards is that Nevada area, which that is the area 51. The underground city there is, is Zion um, or Mars. Sometimes it's called Mars. Um, so when you've got these different programs like these underground cities at, located at the military bases, they will have, um, I guess you could call it like a, I don't want to use the word astral, but I don't know what else to say. Uh, they've got an astral name like Mars, Venus, or planetary name would maybe be better on top of another name that usually goes with a, a mystical fictional place um so is there a venus yes is it an underground city yes uh, i don't know if we'll keep people in suspense i won't reveal that one yet where it's located yeah it's not located in nevada though so that's interesting that but venus and mars oftentimes go together so well, well, listen, he, he came from Venus. He just decided to hang out near, near Vegas. Right. He decided and Mars look, was better. You can read minds. You can read cards. You know, I'm just saying. Right, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one, Jeff. <laughs> um, all right. So 
as as we start to get into this, uh, one other thought that really came up, and uh, there's been a lot of videos recently popping up uh, on our Diggs channels and other uh, places of people who were in the secret space program suddenly having memories of going to these outer worldly bases, you know, out in the cosmos and traveling on spaceships, you know, from the U S government and stuff like that. Now, does the U S government have these things? I'm tending to think, yeah, but I'm not sure about our capabilities of building major outposts. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I question as to whether they're really located in what we consider outer space. You know, what I do believe is that, you know, just like they've got the massive naval bases on the water, um, you know, we've even seen where now some of these elites have entire floating mansions or islands. They're like floating island mansions. (laughs) Not, you know, it's not just like a, a mobile or a stationary island, like they literally have a movable island. Um, and so, you know, has our military and government been able to recreate that in the air, you know, and create these islands in the sky? I believe the answer to that is yes. Oh, wow. See, I was going to go the other way. And I was going to peel down into into hollow earth. Yeah. I think they're both. I think that you've got both areas, which is why it's important to read, you know, the war manual, because that's about the, these domain territories in the air, in the subterranean areas of the earth, under the earth, under the ground that's under the ocean um that's what that rule and law book is for is what are proper procedures you know and who gets to claim you know basically it's if you're stationed there that territory is considered yours so that's the interesting thing but how do you claim territory in the air or in the water I don't have the answer. (laughs) I didn't get my Terramar passport, if that's... (laughs) Right. And and I mean, there's even heavenly procedures for these things. They have to go and petition, you know, the spirits that have domain over those areas. Like, you know, scripture tells us that Leviathan, you know, dwells in the surface of the deep and in the deep waters. So, you know, when you're talking about water domain you know, who do they have to petition to get access to or uh, to be in those areas? They have to go before the heavenly courts and get permission from Leviathan. From Leviathan, not from God. If it's, yeah, because they're not, they're not asking the Lord's permission. They're just illegally taking things, but you've got, you're not but, just dealing with earthly beings fighting for this land or territory that when they go into a unknown place, you have the spirits who have domain over that. So that's where they start to make the treaties, the land agreements 
with these spirits so that they can occupy the territory. And and our sovereign God has given legal right for these things to happen as well. I think that's a that yeah, that they've idea. already he's already given that permission. Um, you know, that they are allowed to dwell on the earth until their judgment, some of them, you know. And, and think of the uh the temptation when I don't have the scripture up right in front of me, but, you know, basically uh, Satan said, look, and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Right. So that that really goes to say that God actually handed this world over to the enemy. Yeah, he has authority, temporary authority. Temporary. Yep. So one of the things when we talk about the secret space program and stuff like that, before we get into the different deities and types of beings, um, you've mentioned on many previous shows, Jesse, about the different types of programming that happen with individuals. And one of my first thoughts in seeing some of these videos of people who, uh, so for, I'll just set some background. They, they were put into the secret space program at a very young age. So for instance, 19, 20 years old, uh, right. prime, prime physical condition. They go into it for five to 10 years. They go all through these different things. Only 2% of them claim to be able to recall their memories is so the story is going. Uh, but they also go through uh, Palladian technology, which is age regression. So when they go back into their uh, where they're from, people don't even know that they were gone. Uh, because they use time travel and age regression. Now, when I put those things together, that sounds like programming to bring in the apostasy. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. There isn't, you know, age regression is one of the downloads, we'll just say, or the downloadable memories where they believe that happened to them. Um you know, what was the truth? They're really in, you know, a lab somewhere. Um, you know, everything is just so organized with this system that, you know, people go in there and have, you know, it's not just like you're experiencing it for yourself. You experience it within a group. So, you know, that almost sears it in your mind as something that's irrefutable because that experience is, you know, shared. And so um, they're very good at creating those shared experiences so that if anybody questions or starts having other thoughts, you know, where the true memories start coming up, um, the others in the group will, will refute and say, no, this is what happened to us. And, uh, you know, because you have that deep experience, it's all the more real in your mind. And so what would the purpose of this be? Uh, you know, obviously, to me, the purpose of this programming is for when the great deception comes. And I 100% uh, believe, I've believed this for over 20 years. since the very first year I was saved. When I was reading Revelation, uh, God showed me, you know, when it says he's going to draw fire from the sky and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I really think that they're talking about this. Uh, and listen, whether it's Project Project Bluebeam, uh, which is a, a hologram, uh, which I believe will be part of it. Uh, but perhaps there's going to be some real flying saucers as well. 
Yeah. And but the the thing is, these people coming out is getting you ready, and then they're going to say, "Oh yeah, we we've experienced this," and they're going to be convincing, and you know, listen, they might even have pictures. They might. I mean, it's so advanced, you know, you, you've even got individuals that, um, you know, we've talked a little bit on one of the other shows, the frequency, that uh, frequency and, you know, harmonics, vibrations can dictate, you know, whether your body is in its physical state or its spiritual state. Mm-hmm. So, you know, their technology is so advanced that, you know, they, in some of these programs, you know, individuals are trained to be able to um, pick up on that frequency and change the the state of their body from a physical to a spiritual state. And, you know, when you're in that spiritual state, you're able to go operate in the spiritual realms. So do they have bases? Do they have, um, you know, they call them interdimensional bases? Do they, those exist? Absolutely. You know, people can go, they've got entire bases that are run just by people who are constantly in that spiritual state. Um, and that would be in the second heaven and the first domain underneath. Right. Which, you know, I would propose that, I don't know, I guess I maybe won't go there, but I'll put it out as my personal theory. You know, is Valiant really an angel or was he someone in this program who didn't like to exist without his physical state but wasn't able to um, maintain that all the time? So, you know, he became... A resident at a certain place because of the energy that Emerald City and the Pentagon provided. There's some special things there. You know, I would say there was probably a reason he had to be in that particular spot. Yeah. And and listen, we know uh, by the Bible's account that angels can come in human form. Right. And, and they have... Yeah. All the way through history uh, to current day, they're they're still doing it, and there's so much documented proof. So let let's get into some of the different things. Then um, before we cover the Palladians, the Reptilians, and the Greys, (laughs) and I'm just going to give you uh, my point of view on it. Doesn't mean it's right, okay? Just my point of view, my research, my opinions. But the Archangels, Jesse, they're the most powerful. Yes, I I would agree. Well, no, I would say between them and the seraphim, because you have the seraphim, they don't display their power because their job is to cover the glory of the Lord, but they dwell in the fire of God, which is the glory. Um, So, you know, I would say that they probably are the most, but the archangels are you know, more of a warrior. That, they're they're created so, yeah. differently. Yeah, so different yeah. tasks, right? Okay. So we have the archangels, we have the seraphim, and Satan was a seraphim or a cherubim? I can't remember. I believe seraphim. 
seraphim, right. And then there's the cherubim. Mm -hmm. And then there's the living creatures or the beasts. Right. <laughs> what 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 do you want to say on that? Yeah, so if we break it down, you know, I encourage people to study those different categories and look at, you know, what are jobs and positions. Um, you know, in a fee, let me think of it, it's Ephesians, it's, it talks about, you know, our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers, authorities. So that kind of sets up the ranking. So as you think about it, you know, these arch archangels are um, in that class of principalities, you know, where they rule mass, they have rule over mass territory. So even, um, you know, the book of Daniel, um, he has an encounter with the archangel Michael and Michael says, you know, I'm sorry I was detained by uh, the prince of Persia, and he's talking about a prince of, you know, like an angelic being, not an actual human prince. Um, and so, you know, Michael is stationed over, we'll just say the Middle Eastern continent area. That's usually his jurisdiction, but he also heads up the entire heavenly host of, of the Lord and leads that army. So, you know, underneath him, you've got commanders. Um, so, you know, I've talked about even in uh, my reveal and how uh, the other, you know, there's also the demonic principalities. Um, for each of these, you you have the, um, the angelic as well as the fallen angel. They worked in twos. And so, you know, there literally was a split in heaven when Satan um, or Lucifer fell. He took a third of those angelic beings with him. So, um, you know, that's kind of the first class is that they rule terror, you know, mass territories or countries. Then underneath them, you've got the ones where it starts to break down by quadrants, you know, north, south, east, west. And they rule those different areas um, and, you know, will oversee thousands of other angels or fallen angels underneath them, depending on which army they're in. And then, you know, they begin to have assignments and territories. So um, the other thing to remember is that each of these um, beings also have, you know, a purpose, a, a job. They have spiritual gifts. So you know, Raphael, he's one that isn't talked about a whole lot, but his job is to work in the healing pools of the Lord. And he oversees all the angels that are ministering. All of them are ministering spirits, but specifically those that minister in the realm of healing is his specialty. And, um, you know, so each of them are assigned different things and therefore fulfill different purposes before the Lord as uh, they're doing their jobs. So it's, it's kind of interesting. They work together and yet at the same time have completely separate jobs. You know, uh, Gabriel is one of the 
I guess we could call proclaimers or, you know, his job is to give the messages of the Lord. And so, you know, he works with the angels that are specifically given that task of giving that communication to men or, you know, giving the prophecies of things that are about to take place. Uh, Heralding would be another word for them. Um, So, yeah, it gets very interesting as we start to look at these things and break it down. And and so with all these different types of angels, and and I focus on the living beasts uh, for a reason, because, you know, I I think of when, uh, you know, when uh, God shut the gate on on the Garden of Eden, let's say, Mm -hmm. and then he put, you know, the angel, and they're they're facing four ways, right? And they had the different heads, right? you know, yeah. and we've seen that throughout scripture. Um, and and then I guess we have just the common angels, right? But, the, you know, with all those different angels, when a third of heaven falls, it wasn't just one type of angel. I'm making the assumption that there, every type of angel was involved in that fall. Yeah. Okay. I, I would agree. It doesn't say that there were any, you know, that it was only the generals or... You know, and we we certainly know that there's a whole bunch of what I call those little chicken demons running around, you know, so those are lower class. They were lower class angelic beings. So maybe common angels. Common or, you know, in you the, know, the ones that got thrown into the swine, for instance. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So then we get into, you know, this uh, modern vernacular of people talking about the Palladians and the Reptilians and then even the Greys. Yes, it gets interesting. So, you know, I would, from my personal experience, I would say that, you know, the Palladians are a class of fallen angels. Um, They... Their specialty is healing through song, through vibration, through frequency and resonance and light. Um, They often present themselves as beings of light, Uh, very beautiful, very tall, um, very soft-spoken. Even their movements are very uh, gentle and flowy, like everything about them attracts you to them. And, And... you know, the, the scariest thing is you get this feeling like almost like this utopia peace type feeling when you're in their presence. But for me, there was always like this little like check in my spirit where it was like, I'm really not safe. Like I knew that in the back of my mind, you know, and um, when, you know, their job that I witnessed in the system was to um, work with the higher level sisters of light who uh, particularly were involved in the white magic and they would teach them how to do the healing and things like that. So the individual I experienced meeting with them was Callista Gingrich and um, that was at Emerald City under the Pentagon and probably 1982, 83 in there. And, um, you know, watched her and Amy Comey Barrett go through their training uh, with 
these beings and stuff. So, um, okay, you just named a Supreme Court judge as well. We've brought that out before, but I don't think people really resonated with that. So, yeah, we you've mentioned Callista many, many times before, the Sister of Light does yeah. the healing and things like that. But now you're naming Amy Coney Barrett, Supreme Court, Court judge, as one of these Sisters of Light. Yes, and you know they were very young. They were about 16 and 8 when I witnessed them go through that, that experience. So, um, but, you know, so we saw, you know, them directly meet with with those beings with the higher level one um and uh you know very interesting they don't talk um that all communication with them is through uh telekinesis, telekinesis. The mind. Yeah. yeah um so very interesting but they're that stronghold for them is you know under the pentagon and um that's where they're stationed. But um, so for me, you know, were there others as well? Yes. You know, did I see them involved with some of the interdimensional bases? Yes. Um, do they also gather, you know, they will come and meet at, at the satanic council table when um, you have the special council. So, you know, when we're talking human numbers, you have like the Council of Five, the Council of Seven, the Council of Nine, the Council of Thirteen. You will also have angelic beings that meet on at the same table with those councils. Um, even, you know, uh, the evangelist uh, John Ramirez speaks of that, you know, with the level of uh, satanic involvement he had. Um, he was able to sit at one of these tables and, you know, it was more than just, you know, humans who were there. There were other beings that would come and meet and debate at these tables and have conversations. So I grew up in those meetings, you know, from age four and a half through uh, beyond that, you know, where you just get called in and there you are at the table to debate. So would so if the Palladians are fallen angels, would you be willing to take a guess or a stab or even be able to describe which type of angel that was? Yeah, I would I would put them at probably a cherubim class. Um, you know, they weren't at the same rank as the archangels. Um I don't believe or a different that, task. They're just a different creation, right? Yeah. So, you know, be in the commander status that a lot of them probably were underneath the generals that fell. Um, so, so, uh, so th this is, this is very good. And we're trying, I'm trying to figure this out. Uh, so I'm not coming to the audience. with. Yeah. We're all still, we're all still figuring it out. You know, I just have, puzzle pieces from my personal experience that, you know, I've tried to make sense of as well. Yeah. God hasn't necessarily given you all, all the answer. Pieces. We'll yeah. say that again. 
yeah, it's not the end all answer. So, okay. Now there, I, I just, I want it. I'm just going to be truthful. Um, because I've always come out and said that these are, are fallen angels, um, you know, the ascended masters and stuff like that, because that's really what resides in my spirit. But someone uh, who's a biblical scholar who I, I talked to, who wants to remain nameless on this particular topic, said to me, Jeff, do you really think that God didn't put his people in there too? And so I posed the question, could some of these so-called Palladians be good? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but here's the thing where I have rest in my spirit, Jesse. When these things become, we'll call it mainstream, and they will. Mm-hmm. If they're not pointing to us as, you know, human created beings towards the resurrection in Jesus Christ right. that, that already came and rose again, because you got to be careful because they're going to use the name Jesus Christ going forward. Right. We know that. Right. Uh, you know, no, no, no. He's coming now. Right. No, no, no. He's been, he's gone. He's coming back on the cloud. So when these things become mainstream, you'll know them by what they're, where they're pointing you to. If they're pointing towards salvation. And by the way, uh, we can be assured that we know that we know that we know creator God, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins and sent the Holy spirit because hundreds of millions, if not a billion people on this world, have experienced the supernatural nature of God and it lives inside of us. And, you know, um, some of us have been fortunate to, you know, have met God in, in some way. Uh, and there's lots of people who have had that, not everyone, of course, but, uh, you know, there's, that's why there's no doubt in my mind. And so when we look at these things, Look, we have to be open to the possibility that God sent his people as well, right? Yeah. Um, he has sent angels, and, you know, most most commonly, they're probably the common angels that we see that come in a human form. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I, I just wanted to, to... Yeah. Sorry? I said I would agree with that. So, there's a possibility there. There's a possibility. So I don't want to be entirely closed minded at this point, unless I see more evidence one way or the other, mm-hmm. but I want to put that out there. Uh, but, but I will put this out there as well. There's a whole bunch of people and, and I've come out and stated this before that are channeling these ascended masters. I listen to them because I think they're actually giving knowledge, but I listen to it from my biblical point of view and say, okay, they're telling me their plans. And it's the light side of the system when I hear that. Um, right. I don't think that uh, we need to channel God or any of his angels. So um, if you're channeling. Well, channeling is a form of witchcraft. Right. Um, in order That's to do that, told. you're making that mental connection and giving control of your mind to another being. And 
you know, any form of communication, even with these beings, is face to face. It it can be audible at the same time. You can hear in your mind. Um, you know, there is that possibility of of being able to hear without, um, you know, them physically saying anything. You're just hearing with your spiritual body and your spiritual ears instead of with your physical body and ears. But with channeling, it's that they come in you and speak through you. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, don't allow any being to do that. That's a red Possession. flag. Yeah. Um, if they refuse to, you know, communicate with you, which then you got to ask too, you know, why is this being so desperately trying to communicate with you? Usually if they're sent by God, their message is clear and they, their job is to deliver it. There isn't a game. There isn't a, well, in order to get the message, you have to solve this puzzle or, um, you know, get, do this in order to get that. Um, those are signs that it's, you know, a fallen angel who's making demands and trying to get the best out of the deal he can get. And what are you going to get out of the deal you're going to get twisted truths <laughs> that sound good and appeal to you. Um, and you're but, letting the demonic inside of you. Yeah, uh, they're gaining access. So where, where the biblical references are, for instance, Gabriel came to Mary, right? Um, right? It was very clear. And and this was not a common angel. This was Gabriel. But and then he we delivered what, the message and then he left. And then we yeah, have what what appeared to be more common angels at the tomb, right? Which appeared and said, "Hey, no, 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 Jesus is going to meet you there, right?" You know. Right. And then we also had the the you know the, a class of angels that appeared in the sky over Bethlehem when Jesus was born, and you know, sang and and showed the shepherds how to get to him. You know, so again, you know, it's like they delivered the message they left. Um, yeah. There was no, you know, game that was being played. I totally agree. All right. Let's get into our next category, Jesse. The reptilians, the <laughs> lizard guys. This is fantastic. Um, you know, I just said on my, I was on Aquarius Rising yesterday and we talked a little bit more about that and Windsor Castle and things like that. Um, I brought out, you know, that it's interesting that the generation of survivors that are, you know, about 20, 40 years before me, um, all report these shapeshifters that appear in the form of reptilians. Um, you know, could it be certain projects or, you know, with that you'd have uh, like some of the older projects. So, You'd have like Project Scenante, Project Orion, Project, uh, you know, you'd have Bluebird or Bluebeam, um, all of those like that. Uh, what was the other Project Gemini, um, Delta Epsilon, all of those. Um, but when you get to my generation, like you don't get a lot of the survivors reporting seeing those transformations. Now, what I experienced, you know, I saw what I called were changeling spirits, 
And, you know, that's what I believe that these reptilian uh, forms and werewolf and vampire forms are that, you know, I, I witnessed uh, several boys my age at the time who were five take that initiation right, family right, that is handed down to them from generations where they make that first vow with that spirit. And with those changeling spirits, um, it's kind of interesting because when we talk about possession and stuff, a normal individual, um, I I guess that sounds so wrong, a normal individual, but... (laughs) How, how spirits usually work is that you're going to have oppression and possession happen with multiple spirits oppressing or possessing an individual. As you start to get to these higher levels, uh, particularly the principalities, they will choose an individual and then that individual's off limits for any of the lower level spirits. It, it's only, you know, the only those higher level spirits are able to make that contract and utilize that individual. So it's the same thing with the changeling spirits that you have, they'll have like dominion over a family line. And so as you know, this family has children, the only one or two of those children will be chosen by the spirit and then the pact is continued through that child. Um, so with the protectors, with the vamps and the werewolves, you know, that's what I saw happen was that treaty that they made with that one spirit who then has full access to, you know, physically change their body. Um, I've brought out, you know, my one of my good friends is a wolf who the Lord in a miraculous way literally brought him out. Uh, with mighty power out of that. And, you know, silly me, I'm in my mind, like I had learned that those vows that they make with those changeling spirits are unbreakable. And so, you know, I was like, how in the world did you get away from that spirit? And he, I mean, it was like one of those duh moments, you know, he was like, I simply rebuked it and cast it out. And I was like, why did I not think that was possible? <laughs> well, because you were you were told that the these things. And by the way, a lot of this. Well, that's right. And, the, yeah. and that's what people are told in the system, so they lose their hope in in redemption in God, and they can't turn away because they actually right. believe the lie, right? So I believe you know a lot a lot of the survivors uh, who were connected to the family lines, connected to like Windsor Castle they've reported that reptilian spirit. So I really think that that's the changeling fallen angel that uh, that's connected to that family line. But I want to play match game here, Jesse. That's what I'm <laughs> trying to game. accomplish here. And by the way, I'll just, uh, because it's in her book, I, I, I know I can say this, but uh, uh, so Cisco is one of those of the older generation who has been at uh, that castle uh, more than once. And she said it was about four times a year. They'd go into their natural form and really dine on bloody things. Let's say that. Uh, Okay. But so if we say the Palladians are most likely and most likely we don't know cherubims, 
I'm going to make a, a suggestion that uh, the reptilians... So you got to remember, they, they lost their heavenly form, right? When they, right. when they were cast out. I'm going to say the reptilians were probably the living creatures or the beasts type of angel. I, I would say that's a pretty good, pretty good guess on that. Well, considering they had the different faces, the different, you know. Um, right. So I would say that's the changelings. Now. Then, but we could say it's plausible uh, because, you know, if Lucifer was a seraphim and it's, you know, basically in Genesis, it puts him in that serpent reptilian form. So could it be the seraphim that can change that form? You know, listen, it's totally up to debate. Absolutely. Uh, maybe it's a combination of both. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. All right. So here's where I'm going to go to something I've believed for a number of years, just on my own. No proof at all, because uh, Jesse, as, as far as I know, the Bible does not mention the greys. As you know, I've read it several times. It does not mention the greys. Okay. But there's seems to be lots of eyewitness testimony. In fact, I remember even as a young man, they had alien autopsy and they had a gray. And they right. cut it open on live TV. I remember that too, but I personally believed it was all staged, Jeff. I think it was a show. I think it was as well. But yeah. it doesn't mean that there isn't grace. It's plausible. Let's have this discussion. <laughs> okay, what, what are, are your thoughts, thoughts on it? And then I'll give mine. Oh, I was asking for yours first. That's not fair. <laughs> All right. No, okay. I'll I'll go first. I'll go first. I think that they're synthetic and they're just a kind of a physical form to host a fallen being. They're not truly alive, but there is a spirit inside of them. So no organs or anything. They're just synthetic. They're a, a, a housing, you might say, in a, a physical form housing. Which it would be interesting if we're thinking of like the chemical and the, you know, like just logically think about it. You know, we've been bringing out stuff about um, the, you know, graphite oxy yeah. and how that creates a magnetic field, which is what these, you know, when I went through the experiments, the magnetic field was another way of, of talking about the energy field that was created by these fallen angels in a ritual. So if they have to have a connection with that magnetic field, think about the blue, dark blue goo that's in a lot of these autopsies. You know, could they have made a synthetic body with different that holds different elements that these spiritual beings can connect to periodically, temporarily for periods of time? 
you know, because it doesn't seem like there's ones that are in these bodies that have longevity of life. We don't see the aging or things like that. So you have to assume that it's for a period of time. And, you know, so is it scientifically plausible? I would say, yeah. I mean, it could be. And what would the purpose be? Well, I'd say it's twofold. It solves a problem and helps usher in the great apostasy. Mm-hmm. And it was the forefront of the experiments for what they have planned for us. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that you added that last part. You know, that's probably true. Well, um, it doesn't mean they're going to succeed. God's in control. But but right. it's also important to, to note that God is letting all of this stuff happen right now. God is in control. Make no mistake. So he's letting this happen. So somehow this is all going to glorify him and, uh, and we're going to stand strong against it. So we're going to glorify God. Uh, I know our audience is completely in, uh, in lockstep with that. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of different things, a lot of different purposes, but I, I really believe that those are synthetic and not actually created beings. Yeah, I don't believe that they're that they have life in them at, at all. So, yeah, I agree. So, listen, there's a there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe, and uh, I just felt this was a a really interesting conversation. By the way, um, I'm going to be posting that uh, that research uh, that was done on uh, on Valiant uh, probably later today on Telegram, so you can read it if you like. Um, uh, Jesse, is there anything to add or should I just get to the big announcement? Well, I think before we get to the big announcement, you know, again, we just want to reiterate, um, you know, look into scripture as you're searching out these things. Keep in the back of your mind that we have an enemy. You know, this is a war. It's not about humanity or creation or things like that. We're we're in a war. The enemy's goal is to deceive to steal, to kill and destroy. And so we have to be wise about these things. The best way we can do that is, you know, scripture tells us that if we lack wisdom, we're to ask it of God and we're to seek his word, seek his will, his voice on the matter, um, to seek him for the knowledge, the understanding into these things. So, you know, all of this should just give you more prayer ammo every night, you know, things that you're talking to the Lord about, um, asking him to show you in his word, the truth. And uh, please share, you know, if the Lord gives you something and you've got the scripture for it, you know, we'd love to, to hear those thoughts and please share that. Yeah. And put them in the comments because we, we've been reading the comments uh, lately. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, by the way, um, you can also fast track it by going to writeonyou.com. That's right on with the letter u.com, and you can purchase Dominion and Authority by Jesse, which is really a biblical study on how to fight in the principalities, plus her experience and what God has downloaded to her personally. So, uh, Listen, just a couple quick things. Uh, I'm going to make an announcement. Uh, join our Telegram channels. Uh, you need to join the Telegram channels on Saturday night. Uh, we 
are doing our sing and poor prayer celebration. Uh, prayer is the mo- one of the most powerful things we can do together as a community. Uh, it is only on Telegram, and it's going to be right after the Saturday night sermon. Uh, this Saturday night, it's going to start at 8 o'clock. That's Eastern time, New York time for you. So you want to go to download, uh, uh, get into Telegram. And sorry, I'm just looking for one other link here because it's really important. Here it is. You want to subscribe to Podbean. If you are not a subscriber and follower, download the Podbean app. It's available in your app store. Uh, you can go to Pod, uh, go to the app store, Podbean uh, app, P-O-D-B-E-A-N, download the app. It's going to be very important. Uh, first of all, we can do unfiltered content or, you know, just complete. We can be on our own. And by the way, if you're listening to Podbean on Facebook, I'm disconnecting it <laughs> just so you know, uh, because I want to protect that. Uh, Facebook has grown for us uh, to some extent, but I'm going to be disconnecting the Podbean uh, from Facebook. So why is it so important? And by the way, we have a website on there as well. That's right on radio.podbean.com. And you can get all the programs there as well if you prefer it to go through your browser. But I would suggest to you the app is the best way to do it. And if this video platform ever goes down, we're still up there. And if you prefer video, we'll even be telling you there uh, where our next video platform is. And that is entirely probable that that will happen in the future. So why do I say all of this stuff, Jesse? Why do you say it, Jeff? (laughs) Because we are launching a new show. And the show is going to be specific to Podbean. It will not be on video. There will not be announcements on video. Uh, It is just going to be a Podbean exclusive now, you'll know that a, a couple of weeks ago, we had a guest on. Uh, he goes under the alias of Chris Wilson. He has to go under that alias because he maintains that if uh, his real name or face was published, he would be killed immediately. Now, he has done a very, very deep research. He is a ex- high-ranking military analyst, uh, and he has been studying and putting up essays and doing deep research for over 25 years. He's got about 7,500 deep research projects. So we're going to be doing a show exclusive with him on Podbean. And here's the other thing. They're not all going to be pre-recorded. We're going to do some impromptu live programs with him as well where you can actually get in touch and go back and forth. And in addition to all of this, Jesse, I'm going to be dedicating a Telegram channel specifically to his research. So you Intel people who can't get enough, I'm telling you, you will not be able to keep up with the intel (laughs) that is going to drop because it's already pre-done very well sourced uh he gives all of his sources and things like that uh it's really quite incredible and we're really pleased to welcome him into the fold here i'm excited it'll be good 
I'm somebody who enjoys good research and likes to ask those questions for things that I can't explain. That's right. And, and, and the other thing is that I want to be very, very clear about this. Um, the first time I had him on the show and unfortunately again, it got deleted, but it's still up on Podbean. Uh, but you know, him, we, we kind of have a difference of approach, uh, when it comes to some of the spiritual entities and, and this program here was inspired by some of his research. Uh, I want to give credit for that. And, uh, part of the reason I wanted to do it is just to give our point of view, because when I do these exclusive ones on Podbean, I'm not going to challenge him every second because we have a different way of looking at some of the spiritual things. He respects my point of view, uh, and I want to respect his point of view. So you're not going to be hearing Jeff challenging him and say, no, 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 that's a demon every time. I'm just going to let him speak, okay? I want to show him respect. I want to give him a platform. And by the way, uh, it's always good to get a different point of view. That's right. And, and we expect, you know, our audience is advanced enough in their relationship with Christ that we can hear out what somebody has to say, understand that they're expressing their viewpoint, their belief, their opinion, and they're presenting their research and material from that um, belief or opinion and, um, you know, sharing the material in light of that itself. So, you know, we expect our audience is mature enough to be able to read through that and discern and know that, you know, we're not pushing false or deceptive beliefs. We're simply putting the presentation of the material out there as it is and uh, expect that yeah. you'll do your research. You'll do, you'll be in your Bible. You'll be, you know, using this as a talking point to engage with people who, you know, in our current day and age are believing these things, you know, let's use these as, a, you know, this knowledge as an opportunity to lead all men to Christ. Amen. And, and so the other, the other thing is uh, with it, and I, it's really an important point. This is why I want to stress this by me not challenging some things does not mean I endorse or go behind it. But just like when I listen to some of those people channeling the ascended masters, you get to hear stuff because quite honestly, he believes in some of that stuff, the ascended masters and things like that. And uh, look, I don't know, perhaps there is some good Palladians, as I mentioned, and I'm starting to see some evidence and, you know, having some people come at me. So I want to have an open mind with that. Perhaps there is good, perhaps there's bad. Look, I don't know for sure, uh, but I don't want to be challenging him on every single point because I really want to get his research out and then let you discern it. So it's not always an endorsement of the information. It's just we're giving a platform and it's a different point of view. And by the way, it's good to hear that other point of view because it's probably going to be relevant sometime in the near future to you. Absolutely. All right, right. Jesse, before we go, please hit that like button. Please hit the like button. If you haven't subscribed here, subscribe here, but also go to uh, Podbean. Uh, It's really important. And Telegram. Uh, Those two channels or two different platforms are very important to what Right On Radio is doing now. If you like the content, if you 
want more and more. And if you want to be part of our prayer group and everything, you'll want to uh, do those couple things and do it now. Uh, the links for our Right On Radio uh, Telegram channels are in the description box below, as well as if you want to support Jesse or I or join My Liberty Stand. Uh, all those links are there. Sometimes the links don't work, by the way, uh, and you'll just want to type it into a browser or copy and paste it into a browser, and sometimes that works better. Uh, final thoughts, Jesse? Not today. <laughs> There's so many thoughts I have, Jeff, but <laughs> not one that I can pick to share. Well, I have one. It's time for lunch. <laughs> right. Oh, that was a good thought. That was one of my thoughts. <laughs> but I didn't right. think about sharing it. <laughs> yeah. Or perhaps dinner for you because you're watching this in the evening. Hey, listen, in the meantime, remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community.